special event alert. Get on your feet and run! This is the Late for Changeover, your weekly space news and variety show. I'm your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by Mr. History, Eric Perot. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? And our big Vern, Mike John. All right, all right, all right. We're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all Guardians and to the other lesser branches as well. So take your seats. Get informed and have a laugh as we present Late for Changeover. Gentlemen, it's good to see you. And I'm happy to announce that we have a special guest tonight. Former Navy Petty Officer Second Class and Cryptological Technician, Ashley Eckert. (laughs) Woo, very nice. nice. It was easier to say Cryptotech. I probably should have done that, but I was trying to be formal. Yeah, Cryptotech. Should have wrote it all down, maybe. Well, I did write it down, but it still wasn't oh. easy to say. <laughs> I, I know. I was like cryptological technician. Actually, well, that was, I when said Marty said you were coming on, I told him all that you're going to be much smarter than us, and this could be a problem. <laughs> the most brilliant thing about your text is that your text was all misspelled and stuff. Well, know? that didn't. That wasn't hard. Right? And I was like, that's perfect smarter. way to indicate that she's going to be smarter than us. So. <laughs> So Ashley's also the founder of Club 214, and we're going to give her a chance to yeah. talk about that tonight. So, Ashley, welcome to the show. Uh, can you give us a once-over-the-world rundown on your military career? Um, so, very boring. <laughs> um, originally, I joined to be an Arabic linguist, um, and then I fell out of Arabic. <laughs> so, Did you get to go um, to, like, right. DLI and all that stuff? Yeah. yeah I was wow. At DLI no kidding. So, I mean, it had to be just an impossible language, right? It's just... it, yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, I would study all night. I had a tutor. I went to study hall, and I would fall asleep in class because I was just studying all night. That's Farsi, wow. correct? Farsi? Uh, Arabic. 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 So it's different than yeah. Farsi. I thought that was the same. Is yeah. Farsi a dialect <laughs> of Arabic? or No, it's... It's different. It's its own I feel thing. like it's like a mix of like Arabic and French almost. Wow. Okay. Wow. So it's like yeah. slang Arabic. <laughs> um, wow. That's pretty Korea. cool. I mean, I remember sitting the there taking that, taking that test to go to DLI and you got to listen to the sounds and which sounds are like together or something like that. And which sounds doesn't. And everybody else taking it because I remember we were in a big auditorium. It was like, ah, screw this, a a a a a. And I was actually trying, right? And yeah. they're like, hey, you did really good. And I was like, do I get to go? And they're like, ah, you're like ten away. Oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> so close. Well, was the best. <laughs> uh, and that was for well, English. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was for English. English. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to see Monterey for a little bit, I guess, right? Yeah, that was fun. Um, it was kind of weird because a GLI is like on a hill or that base is on a hill. So like super nice and sunny. And then like the clouds roll in. It's just like you're going to like this depressed oh, castle yeah. in the sky. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Well, we've all had time at Vandenberg and Vandenberg's always socked in anyway. So <laughs> True. Um, it's a little gloomy. So you got you get your choice to go reclass or did they just say hey you're going to go do this 
Yeah. Well, um, so they could see that I really tried. So they were like, do you want to go to Spanish or do you want to like, you know, take a different rate? And I was like, I'm going to do a different job. Um, so I chose CTR and then I went to Pensacola, Florida for, uh, for training. Gotcha. And then, um, apparently I spoke Arabic in my sleep. I couldn't speak it while I was awake, but terrified my roommate. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying yeah. some weird shit in your sleep and i was like does it sound like arabic and they're like oh thank god <laughs> it's a real language. it finally took maybe if you could only stay awake during the test <laughs> man you'd have been fine <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly uh how long was that uh what do you call it tech school or you got a primary school or what like a school a school that's right yeah i think it was like Six months or wow, six months in Pennsylvania. Tough yeah. duty, rough, yeah. Tough rough. Duty. <laughs> uh, what was your first assignment? I went to Hawaii, so station on the oh, NSA yeah. side out there. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it sounds great, but once you realize you're on an island, you're like, Oh, oh no, my I, god, I was stationed in Hawaii, I know, yeah, it was uh. <laughs> Uh, you know when the fleet's out, you know when the fleet's in, boy, that's for sure. You go down yeah. Honolulu yeah, and you're like, God, life. I can't even walk down here. The fleet must be in, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, how long did you stay in then? I was in for five years. So Just um, the one hitch then, huh? Yeah. I was in Hawaii for like three years and then I extended for another year um, just to get out. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of shift work. Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> well, what was your job? I mean, being a crypto tech, what was your, what were you doing? Um, so my first job was remote site coordinator. Um, or no, sorry, that was the second one. It, uh, first one was data flow manager. So, uh oh, she locked up. Uh oh, um, what you did, Marty? Oh, you you paused for a second there, Ashley. Sorry about that. Oh. So your first, you said your second job was site manager. What was your first one? Oh yeah. So my first job was data flow manager. Um, and they didn't have anybody that did it at NSA Hawaii. So they sent me and another Navy girl over to Georgia to learn from a civilian that had like 30 years experience, had to like attempt to take in everything that he learned over his like 30 year career. And then like go back to Hawaii and do the job. You're like, yeah. How'd that work out? I would just call him every day and be like, hi, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically it was just keeping track of outages. And then like if, you know, something that was normally green turned yellow or it turned red, I'd call some site and be like, hi, what's going on? And then they'd tell us like, oh, you know, this is down, blah, blah, blah. It'll be up and down. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I would like <laughs> tell other people that info and then just sit there. <laughs> wow. And then, um, and then my second job was remote site coordinator. So um, the guys that were or the operators that were like translating everything that was, you know, all the data that was coming in, um, I'd basically just get them satellite coverage. And that was another boring job that I would like be done with in an hour and then sit for another 11 until like the new mission came up. So I had a lot of collateral duties. <laughs> you almost sound like a cop there. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I was about to say Ashley would have made the good cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also like the sponsorship coordinator for our division. So uh oh, fives were allowed to do it. So since I was like one of four, I'd just be like, I'm just gonna put myself on sponsorship duty. 
Thanks. <laughs> I'll see you in a week. <laughs> nice. Nice option there. We all hated being sponsors. So, <laughs> a lot of coordination we're... going on in the Navy. A lot of coordination. Sorry? A lot of coordination oh, going on in yeah. the Navy. <laughs> uh okay so you get out uh what year did you get out uh 2013 and um <laughs> I, I, you obviously you did some things but when one of the things you got involved with with was uh the veterans beer club now i heard about that about two years ago and a guy was like hey you should go they have they have events where they they go to a bar and they exchange job information and I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. That was the only description I, I got. On it. So I looked it up and I remember seeing your name on there. I never went to an event. Um, and then uh, I think I unsubscribed <laughs> from all the emails or something like that. Um, and I don't remember how I got notified of your mixer a couple of weeks ago for Club 214. But um, can you talk us through how Venner's Beer Club came into your life? and how you got out of that to to make something of your own? Yeah, um, so it was like 2019. Um, one of the other founders reached out to me and he was like, hey, I wanna do this um, networking thing for veterans. Um, Cause I was a recruiter at the time and he was actually looking for a job. So um, I called him and he didn't have a clearance. And I was like, hey, like, you know, the jobs that I have are strictly cleared. so." I can't do anything for you, but if I come across anything, you know, I'll send it your way. And he was like, well, actually, I'm trying to do this club, um, like meet, do this networking group. So he asked me if I wanted to, um, you know, help him start it. So it was three of us. Um, it was like March of 2019. Um, so the main point of it was to help veterans find employment um, and then also just like building camaraderie. But um, because of the name, um, every time I would share it with like a, a company would be like, Hey, can you tell like your veterans to come out or whatever? They'd be like, well, I'm not going to share this. It's just a oh, really? group. And I'm like, no, it has beer in the name, but that's not the point of it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we would meet once a month. Um, it was really, it was a good time, but, um, I kind of got tired of it. It just, um, I wanted to do something a little different besides just like it, it did feel like it turned into that where it was just like, oh, you know, yeah. people come out to drink every time. So, Right. Um, I want to do something different. So Club 214, um, kind of like DD214, you know, we all, we all get those when we get off. So I was like, that sounds like a cool name. And, you know, maybe people will actually share it within their organizations. Um, yeah, basically, I wanted to focus on um, kind of getting veterans out of isolation. So I wanted to do monthly events where it was like networking or social, um, just to kind of get people out of their houses and, you know, um, something that they could look forward to every month. Um, cool. And then also, um, I partnered with nonprofits in the area. So, oh, cool. yeah. So I'm working on that. I have to come up with a new logo, and I've got some other stuff in the works. But um, um, essentially, like Eric, when I more than happy to send you some pictures, you can use him as your poster child. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said Eric would be more than happy to send you some pictures of himself. <laughs> How about I just, I'll just add a link to my OnlyFans for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, not to devolve this conver this conversation, but Eric did comment that Club 214 sounded like an upside-down pineapple. That's, that's that's how we got on that. And I was like, how does that sound like, like a pineapple thing? I don't know. I don't know. You have to Welcome to the world of Eric P. 
Yeah. It's a club in South Florida, probably. Where I'm, trying, I'm trying to um, enlighten my younger coworkers uh, <laughs> on the world here, you know, trying to yeah. uh, enlighten them. That's all. That's fair. Yeah, it, it really, your Club 214 didn't sound like a, an upside down time. It was more, more like a conversation piece. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the rest I, of us picked up on the DD214 uh, segue there. So. Yeah, for those and those who are listening, because we did stream it out to Spotify and, and the Apple Podcasts, it's Club 214 all spelled out. So it's not the numbers 214, it's 214 spelled out.com. So if you go club214.com, you'll find it. Um, and we see your welcome page. Uh, you got a ready to join us button. Uh, mm -hmm. And it says Club 214 is exclusively for veterans and current service members seeking personal, professional, and purposeful growth. Now, if you scroll down, you have some like tenants here. Is that the, uh, was it they intended to be like your, your three tenants of the group? Um, kind of. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I made this, uh, <laughs> this website last year and haven't really done much to update it besides adding, um, more to the veteran nonprofit page. But, um, essentially, yeah, it was like, I wanted to bring veterans together because um, when I first got out, I, you know, I had a hard time um, wanting right. to like be out and about. Um, I moved with my boyfriend at the time to a, a town in Illinois where there was like me, him and one other veteran. And like everyone else oh. was talking about like hockey and that one party where it was so funny. Everyone got drunk. Blah, blah, and it was just like the same stories over and over again. So eventually I hated everybody. And I was just like, <laughs> Talk all of this, um, and I like I isolated. It kind of sucked, you know. I went from being the person that like knew everything going on during the weekend that everyone came to for plans. Like, all right, what's going on? I'm like, all right, well, we got the state fair going on, and then we're gonna go to so and so's house party, and then like we're gonna go hike tomorrow. So, um, you know, I wanted to like, yeah, yeah. Think about like um, veterans beer club was it like kind of brought me out of my shell again and i wanted to like because huh. i'm an introvert like i'm extroverted but i'm an introvert so um i wanted to have like a platform or like you know a space where people could feel comfortable enough to like come out um i'm stressed the entire time i'm having an event going on because i'm just like looking around the room trying to make sure everyone's having a good time and like if i see an introvert i'm like all right i need to go like grab them introduce them to this person that i know is going to talk their ear off but they're going to have a good time and you know i'm just like trying to make sure everybody's good but i wanted to bring veterans together um you know people talk or like people in organizations talk about suicide in the military and veterans um it's actually like the second leading cause of death in veterans under the age of 45 which is crazy yeah, it's alarming yeah. Isn't it? yeah yeah but um you know i mean not to talk shit on whatever organization does the 22 push-ups but like i don't feel like 22 push-ups is gonna you know stop somebody from taking their own life but if they have community and they have people around them that they like have a purpose you know they have a purpose reason to be there like yeah there's more reason to live than you know just getting yeah. drunk or whatever so the concept um, of the club is i think amazing bringing us all together and have you know one cause i really believe that thank you i like it and then, well, like, building veteran community. You know, there's so many organizations out there um, that do good things for the veteran community, um, and a lot of veterans don't know about them. So um, one thing that I did was I partnered with uh, organizations last year, like um, Dauntless Veteran Foundation um, or, like, Team Rubicon, you know, just kind of 
bringing awareness to what they do and showing that like, hey, you know, you could go on a trip or you could do like fire mitigation or you could like volunteer for the community um, just to kind of like help nonprofits bring their services to veterans and also for veterans to see, you know, in like a more intimate setting um, what they do so they can get involved. Um, I don't know about you guys, like if you've ever had an interest in an organizations or organization, but you're like kind of intimidated by, you know, how big they were or like didn't know who to contact. Sure. Um, so I wanted to kind of bridge that gap and be like, hey, like come talk to this person. They're the membership person or like this is a volunteer. They can tell you about their experience and all that. So um, I wish I put more pictures on there. Um, <laughs> you know, like. Well, that and uh, I guess you'll have to uh, update the events. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't made one for next month yet. And this year, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna really fucking do it. But because um, last year I did events, but it would be like, okay, well this this month we're just gonna do a hike, you know? And it was yeah, it was yeah. good events, but it was like I want to do like the social mix that I had. I want to keep, I want to keep having those every month. That so. was good. That was pretty low key. And you say that uh, you were nervous about it, but you you seem pretty calm and cool uh, and pretty comfortable. <laughs> it. So maybe, maybe that was just great, that, great at hiding it. Um, but I'll give you my two cents on these veterans groups. Now, um, since I've been doing this podcast <laughs> and we've kind of dipped into this, there are veterans groups that, uh, especially around, you know, designed to prevent suicide. And I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hats off, salute, all that kind of stuff. But they are, um, some of them are for real certain cases, right? And they're like, hey, you know, you're really doing bad. You know, we'll come and get you. We'll put you up for a weekend or something like that. Uh, we're taking on a motorcycle ride. You know, there's a um, the motorcycle project. The name escapes me by, uh, I can't remember. Um, but there's a lot of great big big uh groups like that yeah. um and then you have your vfw and your american legion right and so i i joined american legion and all mm -hmm. i found the american legion to be to me one we didn't have uh we didn't have a club so you know you couldn't get your dollar 50 beer uh we had to meet in a firehouse but the other problem the other part <laughs> was is that it devolves into this this meeting right and you got you got to run the parliamentary meeting, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's the last thing I want to do is sit in this. Uh, yeah. You know, do we have a second on this motion to spend 50 bucks on the Girl Scouts? You know, it's like <laughs> a second. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is um, so, you know, it's it it got too involved in its structure and it kind of took away. from. It. Now, Jake goes to a VFW down there, which it sounds like all they do is drink. But I'm not cool. sure. That may, club, just, that may be just Jake's interpretation of it. Um, we do have a bullshit meeting once a month, but afterwards we get a free beverage. Ah, there you go. There you go. That all works I'm out. doing way worse for for free booze. Um, I but, second that. <laughs> <laughs> With all those things running, and I've and I've met some uh, older veterans. You know, I mean, you know, Vietnam and 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 the, of that age, and they sit at home. You know, yeah. and, and and unless you go and say, "Hey, come with me," they won't. 
they won't venture out on their own. They won't go out and say, you know, because because they're of the mind is like, you know, I'm I'm in my 60s. I'm in my 70s. I I don't want to go and be the new guy at a place by myself on my own. Yeah. But they may go with, if somebody comes and grabs them. So I always thought that was kind of the 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 biggest challenge for veterans groups is to get somebody who will benefit from it but would normally not go unless somebody goes and gets them. You can't go yeah. get them unless you know they want to go. So it's it's this crazy loop that they remain sitting at home and we remain in the group going, how do we get more people here? So uh, how do you uh, how do you get over that challenge? Or I mean, is that just an ongoing challenge to constantly get guys to do that? Um, I definitely feel like it's an ongoing challenge. Um, and I haven't I don't think I've done a good enough job with Club 214 to like really reach out. I feel like everyone that has like come to my events are usually people that I'm already connected to. Um, like I think you and like maybe one other person at the social mixer were people that I hadn't met previously. Um, okay. So it definitely, um, but um, so when I was running Veterans Beer Club, like when we started it, I think we had like 14 people at our first event and then like 20 or 30 for a while. And then at the peak was right before COVID and I had like 70 people come to events. Oh, nice. um, Very good. But a big part of it was, you know, I was a tech recruiter and I would reach out to people and be like, Hey, you're looking oh, for a job. Come yeah. talk to me at this event. Right, like, right. you know, I would kind of, um, especially if I didn't have a job for them, like, you know, it was like, we had, you know, one crypt, uh, like cyber job and everyone wants to be a cyber engineer. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, well, you know, this job, you don't fit it. However, I have friends that are recruiters. They're going to be at this event, like come, you know, and like, yeah. I would only invite people that I worked with previously that I knew were good, you know, like not just, you know, how recruiters are. They're just like, Oh, I'm going to try to pay this person as little as possible and give them this shit job. So I would only invite people <laughs> that were like, good, like, <laughs> like I trusted them, you know? So I would trust them with the veterans in my community. But, um, um, but yeah, I would reach out to people like one-on-one -on -one invite them. And I feel like that kind of like guilts people into coming almost. So yeah. it's like, that works. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, but you know, just kind of like, um, reaching out to individuals definitely helps or telling people like, Hey, like, why don't you bring a friend next time? And just kind of relying on the community to build itself. Cause I'm one person. I can't, you know, I can't right. build a community on my, on my own. So it's like, I would ask other people in attendance, like, okay, bring like one other person next time. Or, um, you know, if there's somebody that you know needs to get out of the house, like, don't take no for an answer. Just tell them to come out and have a good time. But, it, yeah, it definitely is a struggle still. Well, there could be a, there could be a way. I mean, I, I, I met a group. I, I went to, on a run or a walk. I walked. But they, they <laughs> sponsored a run. I can't remember the name of the group because I invited them to come on, too. Um, and I've never heard, heard back from them. But their whole thing was to go to TAPS class. Did you have TAPS? Or did you yeah. have transition assistance? They mm -hmm. they did something around that period for people getting out, and I think they they actually contacted service members like a couple months prior to them getting out, and they offered to some kind of classes to help them in their transition assistance. Maybe that's a source. You know, you like go to Taps for Buckley, Pete yeah. Carson, and say hey. Just mention uh, Club 214, yeah. and they can just start showing up 
you know, and say, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm about to get out in, uh, in a month, you know, can you guys give me some advice or, or help me out? Maybe that's yeah. the source. I don't know. That's a good idea. Ashley, you, you know, through the, through the year, two years we've been doing the podcast, we always find ourselves talking about future upcoming things or changes that are occurring in the military with all the branches. For instance, mm -hmm. last week out of the blue, we talked about, you know, the new military ID card. We need to have it redone by the 20, uh, 2025. Correct, Marty? You said yep. uh, 2025. So I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, does 214 provide any type of information of, of going on or things that are coming or uh, down the road to those people that would be attending? Um, to the, to not the at the moment. Um, that would be a really good part. Um, so one of the other things that I want to implement eventually, um, is having like a newsletter and I wanted to have upcoming events for, um, nonprofits in the area. Um, you know, that serve veterans that way, if they're, you know, like, um, there's veteran explorer veterans exploration therapy. Um, they have like cross country skiing coming up. Um, in like the Denver area in like a week or two, I think. Um, oh, so just stuff that, like that. Uh, is that Deke Letson? Yeah. Is that the one who runs that? Yeah. He, I, mm -hmm. I reached out to him to come on the podcast too. So. Yeah. He's good people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't really thought about like upcoming things affecting veterans though. And like military. Um, okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, well, rest sure. assured if you want let me know or I'll, I'll find it through your website and we'll, you know, we're, we're mercenaries here. We'll, we'll sell ourselves out to any group that's out there. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll advertise your upcoming event, you know, for sure. Just once, once awesome. you put it on the, if you ever update the website or if you just want to, <laughs> if you just want to text me and say, Hey, we're doing this next month. I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll put it on the podcast. So. Awesome. Yeah. It was fun though. Right. I mean, that's yeah, always right. there's list. there's no requirement so, for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You just, I mean, you can just come and have a good time, or you can network, yeah. or you can do both. Um, so uh, I don't know. I I I I guess it would be. Um, and I'm not trying to put you on a spot. Do we do we <laughs> advertise you as like a place just for job networking? Or no, job networking um, and socials and, you know, at the very least, just get out of the house. Or an occasional yeah. upside down pineapple. <laughs> just, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to advertise that in the sorry. group. <laughs> I don't want it to get too crazy. Um, it's kind of on my brain now. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, I, I don't know. I'm still working on, like, the, um, I guess, the marketing like the the slogan or um, basically I want to, I want to be a club for veterans that are seeking personal, professional and purposeful growth. So if it's personal, you know, like, um, like for example, my friend, Nick Shelton, he's a, um, he was actually at the event. He, um, but he wrote a book on networking as an introvert. So um, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty good. Um, actually, I don't know if I have his book in here, but if I, Oh yeah. Um, so for like personal reasons, like, I don't know, I'm an introvert. I feel like I get super awkward sometimes, but he kind of like broke it down Barney style. So it's like an introvert. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. An introvert's guide to world domination. Um, oh, very good. Yeah. 
yeah so like personal growth like if you know if you are like hey i need to get out of the house i've been like lazy and i'm you know not healthy and i don't like the way that i feel it's like okay well you know so and so is part of this organization or like these people go running every sunday or something yeah, um yeah. you know something personal related or professional like if you're looking for a new job if you like want to know about certifications or um Jolens Veteran Foundation, we're going to do an event, I think in May is what we're planning. Um, and we want to do something where, it, you know, anything education related for as far as benefits. Um, we want to have some reps come out to answer questions for that. So it's kind of professional um, growth right there. Um, and then also purposeful. So anything that's like, I mean, your purpose only has to make sense to you. So whatever you think your purpose is in life. Um, you know, I want it to be like a just somewhere where you feel like you're growing in life constantly, not just getting together to drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was one thing I liked about your website was that you do have this veteran nonprofits listed. And as yeah, you scroll down and you have links to each one, because mm -hmm. I haven't found a single source kind of document or website. Um that lists all of them out there. Now, I'm not saying that you list all of them, um, but this is a pretty good list of, and description of what each one does. Huts for Vets, American Heroes in Action, Veterans Exploration Therapy, uh, Colorado Veterans Project, um, Dauntless, I don't know how to pronounce that one, Veterati, is yeah. that how you say it? Honor Bell Foundation, uh, Stillwater Ranch. So that's it's a pretty good list that okay. you have on your website there. Thank you. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's one of the maybe that's one of the things that your website can can fulfill is if you're looking for something to get involved with or that you have a need of, uh, maybe you can go to your website and have all that listed. So I know I know there's a lot like about face. We had uh, Rob and Seth on our podcast. Um, but they don't they don't have anything like that. I know they they represent a lot of them, but there's nothing yeah. you can go to that just lists a whole bunch of groups out there. And that's nice. That's nice to do. Yeah. So. Um, well, uh, let's say what uh, you're on Club 214.com. You're also on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. LinkedIn, other... Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um... All, all under your name or all under Club 214? Um, Club 214. So on LinkedIn, I have a page. Um, I mostly just share for my own stuff just because it gets seen more. Um, and then Facebook, I have a page and a group. And then uh, Instagram, I kind of suck at uh, creating content. Like, I'll do it like for a week or two straight and then like I'll just drop off. I hate yeah, it's a hassle. Well, I'll include all, I'll, I'll get all those links. I'll include them in the show notes. Um, awesome. So when we Thank publish you. it out, it'll be out there. All right. And then uh, club214 at gmail.com. If anyone wants to get a hold of me or they can just click the thing on the website. Oh, the contact us. Does that go to you? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. Very cool. Uh, Ashley, you're going to hang around. You're going to comment on these stories because we need that yes. Navy perspective. I would love to comment <laughs> on hands and pockets. Hands in pockets. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's perfect. Uh, from our first story from the NavyTimes.com. Uh, oh, look, I even did this. 
Oh, but that <laughs> shrinks us all up. I don't know why it shrinks us all up. <laughs> See, I'm a one-man production, and I get criticized. Uh, under a new policy update, sailors can finally put hands in their pockets. Thank God, right? <laughs> um the Navy announced a sweeping range of uniform and personal appearance policy updates on Wednesday the 14th, just in time for Valentine's Day. They're like, here's your Valentine's. You can put your hands in your pockets, uh, including putting your hands in your pockets and reinstating the female bucket cover and allowing sailors to place their hands in their pockets. So uh, the changes are the largest series of Navy uniform and grooming reforms since December 2022. When the service announced the introduction of a new lightweight safety boot and modifications to the maternity service dress blue coat, the policy update rescinds restrictions barring sailors from placing their hands in their pockets. The Navy administration message. Is that the big, like, no TAM? Is that, that's what we had, right? No TAM in the Air Force. Notice to airmen. Wasn't that the big yeah. message? Yes. So yeah. NAV admin, is that what the message is out to the Navy? It said, quote, sailors are authorized to have hands in their pockets when doing so does not compromise safety nor prohibit the proper rendering of honors and courtesies. Uh, the NAV admin also said the service is now permitting all sailors to wear the female combination cover, better known as the bucket cover. Did you ever wear that? Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> oh, you did? But they're bringing Old it back, back, baby. Thank God they brought it back. Uh, Congrats. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Female officers and chief petty officers are also authorized to wear the cover with service khaki and summer white uniforms. The Navy mm -hmm. had previously retired the bucket cover in 2018. So I know these guys are going, what is the bucket cover? Right? That's the like, bucket I cover. Find it, but. <laughs> oh, Look at that hat, man. Luscious. You hated that hat? It just. <laughs> I think I just hate the you... <laughs> I didn't mean to say you, it that way. Like, you say that like it I doesn't look I atrocious. Like, like... <laughs> I didn't mean to say it that way, but um, the, the variety of colors of uniforms always is like yeah, it, it's always yeah. shocking to me in the navy because the, the Air navy. Force is like boom or boom, that's it. You well, know? not anymore. Now you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I take this back to retention and recruiting, and I don't understand how a woman getting to wear this bucket hat or put her hands in the pocket are going to retain him in the military or want him to go, yeah, I'll stay now. I can put my hands in my pocket. Yeah, who's holding their breath and stomping their feet going, damn it, I'm getting out if I don't get oh. this fucking bucket cover. <laughs> Wait a minute. They, they the changed, they the changed what? I might re-enlist after all. Yeah, done. <laughs> Show me where to sign. Here's right? here's the beautiful thing about the bucket cover. Sailors cannot purchase the bucket cover from Navy Exchange uniform stores and must instead privately obtain one for wear. So you can wear it, but, but we're not going to sell it. Buy it. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? There's a lot of bootleg markets out there for bucket covers. <laughs> hey, we should go to we we should go to those auction sites and see if they're auctioning off uh, oh, a gross. Yeah. Of female bucket cover hats. We can Maybe make a fortune, side guys. Hustle now. I want to. I want to start getting bucket covers and selling them on the black market. <laughs> selling to the. You don't the even Navy have to go to the black market. Wait, Just go to the Navy wait, base. Uh, how, Hang outside the gate. Our, you have. <laughs> our 
at Pete, man, you can't buy the actual like truck driver, bus driver hat for the Air Force. Oh, that trucker hat? Yeah. You yeah. can't? They don't sell it? I don't think so. They're not like on That's display where the hell and they easily. Get I don't know. It might be a bootleg market for all that ridiculous is the, hats. That is the least looking uniform hat ever. You know, it looks like, you, it looks like you bought it at a Bucky's. You know, <laughs> it, it does. It's all the mesh in the back and stuff. It looks terrible. Uh, additionally, oh. the Navy is allowing female soldiers to wear the tiara as an optional uniform component when wearing dinner dress, blue and white jacket uniforms. Really? Yeah. So, Ashley, can you explain this tiara thing? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any pictures? There's perfect. <gasps> I've never. No. Yeah. You will be okay, the belle of the ball. Why would anyone want to wear that? <laughs> well, is that in your like the mess dress? Is it's that with that mess is? dress? Yeah. Formal. It's with formal. Your mess oh, that dress, is so. lovely. So you can get a white jacket uniform and wear that tiara. Oh. Are they trying to stop pregnancy? I think that's what's going on. <laughs> trying to stop pregnancies. The Navy's version of BCGs. A clever female might say, you know, I really don't want to go out on that tour. Let me put my white mess uniform on and the tiara. <laughs> and let's see if I can't get out of that tour by maybe. <laughs> Just another you know, there's some O somewhere that's rocking that. Oh, oh yeah. There's yeah. some yeah. officer yeah, somewhere that just loves it's it. It's probably some officer's spouse is what's really oh. so Marty. What what actually drove the policy change? Was it recruitment retention or they just said it hey. didn't say. It didn't say, but wait, I didn't got to the best part oh. for females in the Navy. Oh. Uh the policy also offers modifications to fitness attire, allowing sailors to wear blacker navy blue leggings with the physical training uniforms, shorts, and fitness suit pants. Hmm. Leggings are the government like issue thing, ones, right? But the, I guess they can't. You can wear it now and not get yelled at, I suppose. Uh, likewise, female sailors may now wear t shirts specifically designed for women, so long as the shirts adhere to the Navy's color, fabric, and neck configuration standards. I, I guess at the undershirt, I suppose. Yeah, right. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Ashley's Ashley. like, I don't know. Here, here's the big one. Sailors may also wear false eyelashes or eyelash oh. extensions in uniform. All right. To all you supervisors out there, the eyelashes can be no more than 14 oh, millimeters in length oh, my as goodness. measured from the eyelid to the tip of the eyelash. <laughs> yeah. See, all you're going to do is enable tyrants, man. You're going to have figure that one out. around with a ruler measuring <laughs> you're gonna have guys with their hands in their pockets getting pushed down because they had their hands in their pockets in a nun's <laughs> configuration hmm. um this is this is all just it's it's rife for abuse this is false unsafe false eyelash color will match the color I of the it. natural eyelash and it cannot hinder wear of protective eyewear can you imagine what? having eyelashes that it. big? Because I've seen <laughs> girls wear that. And you're like, you gotta put goggles on, and you're just like window washers. Right? <laughs> on that thing. You know, I'm I'm old school, as you guys know, and I'm thinking what? that oh, everybody ever <laughs> everybody even before me are turning over in their graves going, What does this do for our military? <laughs> yeah, well, we're all like it's always like that, right? Like the generation above us is always cranky. That we're not upholding <laughs> some sort of tradition. That's I guess true. So. That they I guess were I just, forced no. to uphold too. 
I fell in that, you know? that yeah, I fell in that group right now. Cranky going, right? what the hell? Well, then here, yeah. you'll you'll love it's this these because days. as a companion story, this they put this story out two days after the Navy story came out. Marine Corps won't consider allowing hands in pockets. That a boy. <laughs> nope. That a baby. Stay strong. So the current iteration of the Marine Corps Uniform Board will not hold a vote on lifting the ban on hands and pockets when it convenes. The Marine Corps has said hands and pockets, quote, detract from an appropriate military presence. The Air Force greenlit hands and pockets in 2021. Oh, yeah. And now this is this is the beautiful part of this quote. Lieutenant General Brian Kelly, Air Force Deputy Chief of Staff for Manpower at the time said, quote, we likewise trust that our airmen can figure out what it takes and means to maintain standards without specifying exact behavior in every situation. Ooh. <laughs> now, we've all worked with airmen. Maybe you haven't, Ashley, but we've all worked with airmen. Would you trust them to make the right decision? No. No, neither would yeah. I. Yeah, they're good. They're you gotta good. hold dude's hand, man. You gotta hold <laughs> hand. Well, and there was always an out for hands in your pockets. All you had to do is be getting something out. So whenever someone right, came up right. to you and said, yeah, Why are right. your hands in your pockets? You just pull out your keys or something and they go, yeah, right. like you know how bad it got with cops. Most cops would seal the seams in their pockets. So when their um BDU <sighs> pants or their green pants were ironed or starched, yeah. Yeah, the pocket didn't bow; it laid flat, so it was stitched shut most of the time for us cops. And you know now all I that's all that starching stuff, man. All yeah. that's out the window now. With the uh, yep. uh, what's the OMD or what is that uniform called now? Um, oh, the new OCD. one because it, it doesn't have to be ironed or anything like yeah. that. I love it. Um, <laughs> the the Marine Corps is the only branch in which women can't wear ponytails except during physical training. Male Marines have to keep their hair shorter than other branches. And Marines also can't wear the camouflage uniform out in the civilian world. Now, I remember when I was in the Army um, that it was discouraged. You you drove home. You weren't supposed to go to the store. You weren't supposed to go off base. You go, you go home and change and then go back to the store because you weren't supposed to wear it in civilian but places. you probably could go to the club and get drunk and then go on base. <laughs> sure. And then you know walk what, home. <laughs> you know what's funny is the Marine Corps are the ones that aren't changing their standard and they're the only ones meeting their numbers for recruitment. Nope, Space Force. Yeah, Mar Marine Corps has to recruit <laughs> that's like gonna, 12, though. That's gonna it's be a war fighting away. domain. Yeah. <laughs> Space Force holding strong. So, Ashley, you retired or you that. got out uh, in 2013? Yeah. So now that qualifies you to be the old salty one and go, in my time. <laughs> back in my day. Back in my day when we could wear tiaras. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, we weren't putting hands in yeah. pockets. Tiaras were encouraged. <laughs> I don't know. I, it just seems like we got more important things to worry about, especially with the Navy not meeting it. But uh I, they, I they found the need to change these things for the Navy. So. Well, you don't even need a high school diploma anymore for the Navy. Uh, right. Or a GED. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're just taking. Uh... So, Ashley, don't feel bad about not learning Arabic. You're good to go. You're, you're way fine. ahead. You're, you're way, way ahead of the people that are signing up now. They're like, you're way ahead. <laughs> and they'll, they'll probably take you back if you wait a couple of months. They'll do the for same sure. thing. That oh, Air yeah. Force they'll reach does. out. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah they'll take you back. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think Navy's having the hardest time of it, I think. Navy Air, or Army. Air Force is what, 43? You can yeah. go in or four. Yeah, yeah you right, still right. go in. No, yeah. well, they were taking it up to 60 for coming back on, on duty. Oh, for coming back? Yeah. Oh, so there was an age limit for that. Yeah. All right. You could go all the way till 60. Uh, okay, last story. This is from stripes.com, and I thought it was interesting, and I'm going to tie it into something we talked about last week. Right. There we go. So, uh, well, I'm not going to put the headline up there because it's that shrinks everybody up. I don't know what. <laughs> you got to find the mouse first. I, <laughs> how did you know? There, see? Uh Okay, from Stripes.com, more U.S. military personnel receiving weight loss drug prescriptions. Wow. Right. So uh, I don't remember anything ever being prescribed for the Fat Boy program. That was just more PT, <laughs> right? That was all he got. Motrin. You're not going to the dining hall today, pal. Motrin. Yeah. Water yeah. and Motrin. That and, like, spitting and, uh, I, you know, whatever supplements was at uh, – uh, vitamin hut or whatever was on was on base right uh weight loss prescriptions for now this isn't that alarming because the numbers are pretty small but weight loss prescriptions for u.s service members remain low but have risen sharply since 2018 when the defense department began authorizing coverage of medications for active duty troops struggling with weight control uh, according to a first of its kind study monthly prescriptions across all services rose from now, these numbers sound silly, but I, you know they're going to go up. They rose from seven in January 2018 to 816 in, gen, in June of 2023. Uh, the data was published in the most recent medical service surveillance monthly report. The findings indicate a significant rise in the prevalence of weight loss prescriptions over time, the report said. The trend corresponds to the Defense Health Agency approval a semaglutide in 2021 for weight management, which is sold under the brand name Ozempic, or is it Wegovy? Wegovy? W-E-G-O-V-Y. I haven't heard of that one. Ozempic's all over the news, right? You yeah. can't get away from mm -hmm. it. Um, the drug was originally approved by the FDA for diabetes. It was later shown to suppress appetite. The National Defense Authorization Act of 2017 allowed weight loss drugs to be part of the pharmacy benefit under TRICARE. Patients oh. must get prior authorization from their doctor and have a body mass index higher than, what do you think? 29. I was going to say 25. <laughs> 29. <laughs> or 26 if they have a related condition such as hypertension, diabetes, or sleep apnea. Oh, all the above. Which is 50%. Uh, <laughs> lifestyle changes such as diet modifications and exercise are required six months prior to starting therapy. So you think that person is really going to be motivated to go, oh, I got to do six months of uh, exercises? Mm -mm. I'm not going to do them. Just give hard. me the drug. Just give me the <laughs> Ozempic. Right? Give me the drug. Yeah, the diet's just not working. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just keep eating and I'm not losing any weight. I don't understand. Phenermine comprised the largest number of prescriptions throughout the surveillance period, but a significant portion were seen later from semaglutide or ozempic, the study found. So if you remember last week when we were talking about the Air Force bringing retired airmen back on, I don't know if you saw yep. that story, Ashley, but they, Air Force is at, they're saying, hey, if you've retired, you can come back on for a four-year tour in which we're going to PCS you. We could PCS you. Um, and you have to apply by or 
abide by all the uh, rules. And no promotion. But, Jake, this might appeal to you. So now listen, <laughs> think about it. It's, so you can come back in. You can get Ozempic. You can put your hands in your pockets. You can get grow, a tattoo. You can grow a beard. You can get tattoos on your neck and hands. Yeah. And you can wear a fitness watch instead of PT. Now, oh, what gold. do you think? You're golden. Getting closer. In? It's getting close. <laughs> Hell no. Ashley, we talked last week about coming back in to see if we can get another 10, 20% on our disability rating. So, <laughs> so we're going to play a lot the of soccer. Day I get in. Yeah, we're falling down some random stairs. We're going li- yeah. to not lift sure with our knees. First, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> look at making eye contact. Sir, did you make eye contact for a full five seconds? Hell yeah, I did. How would you know it was me? <laughs> Weird. So uh, I I think we're posturing to be ready to, to go to war with China. What do you think? Ooh, I think we're good. Nah, Either we're them good. or North Korea. Them guys are spouting off all the time now. Oh, North Korean, North Korea. <laughs> yeah, not gonna do nothing, man. Throw a bow and arrow across the DMZ or something. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go to war, right? Like, hey, whatever happened? You know, I I remember when I was in the army, we had and and Desert Storm was coming up, right? And I had one guy in my command that actually said he was a conscientious objector. Mm, nice. Remember that whole question when they, did they ask you that when they when yeah. they all came in, mm-hmm. right? Are you yeah. a conscientious <clears throat> objector? You would think that there would be more of them, right? Mm. But you don't hear about it very much anymore. Well, and I think the the religious waivers has solved that problem to a certain extent. You know, a lot of the religions that were conscientious about it, uh, them being able to continue to worship whoever, whomever, I think that helped. Well, that religious waiver didn't help them with COVID. No. They still booted all those people (laughs) out for for COVID. Couldn't get away from me with my beard. Mm. Halo. Oh, yeah, your Viking religion. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, Eric, let's close it out. Uh, what day in history Ooh. do you have for us? Ooh. Oh, Jake, hold on, buddy. I got one for you. You're going to love this. I'm, I'm going to give you a little background. About this. Because I'm going to tie it to space. Uh, okay. Well, okay. right. see? So in right. February 1962, the space race between the United States and Soviet Union was full of swing. Both nations had developed spacecraft to send humans into space and select a group of pilots to fly those spacecraft. The Soviets leaped ahead by placing the first man, Yuri Gagarin, in space April 12, 1961, on a one-orbit flight around the Earth aboard his Vostok spaceship. So the United States, of course, had to respond. So on February 20th, 1962... Astronaut John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth during the <laughs> orbit the Earth during the three-orbit Mercury Atlas Six mission aboard the spacecraft he named Friendship Seven. So, there's your history. Project Mercury was America's first human spaceflight program. The Space Force Task Group at NASA's Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia under the direction of Robert Gilruth, initiated the project in October of 1958 with three goals, orbiting a manned spacecraft, investigating man's ability to function in space, and safely recovering both spacecraft and, and crew, uh, crew members. 
So in April 1959, NASA announced the selection of seven astronauts who would undertake the Mercury missions. John Glenn was one. He did his Freedom 7 trip on February 20th, 1962, fellas, beating oh, the Russians. Yeah. What I thought that was what, pretty important. What service was he in? I believe he was. We did this already. You should know that. Well, I did. I had John yeah. answer. Didn't you hear, didn't you hear Vern say John, John. I had John Glenn answer. Oh, that's right. It's Mike Vern. Vern answered. It's just right there. It's Marine Corps. There you go. It's a Marine Corps pilot. All right. Not bad. Not bad, Eric. Yeah, a little good. bit of space. Man, it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, I, Ashley's grown quiet, so she must be tired of this. So uh, <laughs> I think we'll we'll call it end up uh, for today. Uh Ashley, uh, remind us again one more time where we can find uh, all your links at. Um, Club214.com. It's C-L-U-B-T-W-O-F-O-U-R-T-E-N.com. Very good. And you're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, which we'll include in uh, our show notes for today. Right? Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks for being on, Ashley, and thanks for putting up with us. Uh, on behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, and subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And make sure next week that you are not late for changeover. God, I wish we could. I, Look, I wish nope. we'd do it all. No, no, it's it's so, not gonna happen. The so first. Horrible bit is already cheesy than the last bit too <laughs> Ashley looking forward to seeing whatever the next event is That'll yeah be yeah Thanks let us know and uh, we'll make sure we include it uh, uh, on a weekly thing here on the late for changeover appreciate it thanks for having me or on or if you're getting the wrong type then we'll not include it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding the bad guys <laughs> Or nothing but our mothers, because that's about <laughs> the only people that listen. <laughs> our moms show up to your club. Yeah. And, uh, and Ashley, thanks for the week, and thanks to everyone listening and watching. We'll see you next week. Good night.